Let's go on to the video game. Because oh. wait, did we all play this video game? I've beat this video game multiple times. I've beat it at least once or twice. I have so not I mean, beat I, the I game. I only played it in uh, multiplayer. Well, not. Oh, are you, are you talking about the Nintendo or the one for Xbox? No, we're talking about the Xbox. Xbox. One. Yeah. I, yes. Okay, I played that one too and beat that. But the Nintendo one, did you ever play that one? Yeah, that was the one. Uh, I, I thought about mentioning that one. That one got on my nerves so bad because all I remember about that game is having that that grid of New York with the yes. firehouse in the middle, I believe. Yes. And then uh, I remember Stay Puff like marching across the screen and just destroying, wrecking shit, and I couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> well, the thing in that game, if you if you never got the upgraded Proton Pack, the max one, like you could, it was almost impossible impossible to beat the game. So you had to get that. I, I believe it. Yeah, because the, update, the updated protein pack, the updated <laughs> proton pack would allow you to actually get a ghost. It didn't matter how strong they were and just pull them down. So at the very end, when you're trying to take on uh, Gyoza, it, it, Goza, it makes it hella easy. Okay, well, that makes sense because I, I, mean, I never could figure out what I was doing on it, and I just went back and re-rented uh, Mega Man 2 because that was my <laughs> jam back in the day. <laughs> but, yeah, going to the Xbox One, which uh, – uh, clearly, we all had. Clearly, yeah, we, we all we played. To, we used to play. Like people would come over and we'd do like a land party and oh, played yeah. and played at the house. We had his and hers Xboxes. Yeah, so and we, we'd set it up as a land party, and two people would be on sharing screen, then two other people would be in the other room sharing a screen. So it'd be four of us playing in a, on a local network. Uh, a little no, I didn't know this till I was researching this. They remastered this for the Xbox or the new Xbox and PlayStation like last year, I believe. Oh shit! We should get that for the kids. It's dude that that is an uh, that's an awesome land party game because everybody now has like consoles have gotten so cheap. Like if you look at the co- like people complain about the price of a console, they're actually pretty cheap for what you're getting out of a console. So you can set up a local network at your house, and everybody could be playing in their independent rooms yeah, on headsets true. and everything on their yeah. own TVs. That, I mean, you can do so much more now with everything. Yeah, but that game was awesome. We played, we played that game, dude, all the time. Yeah, me and me and the hubby and going online and stuff. It was, and it was. I don't. I'm not a gamer by any means, but it was it, so it, well, enjoyable. It wasn't a hardcore gamer mm-hmm. game. It was a it was a rinse and repeat game, but it was a fun rinse and repeat game. So I'm wondering now, with you all describing this as multiplayer, if you're talking about the same game, because this was, I believe, a single-player game that I'm referencing here. You could do single-player, but, yeah. but it was a multiplayer game. I don't know if okay. you were playing online back then. Um, so this is the Ghostbusters video game. came out in 2009. Yes. Uh, for yes. Windows, Xbox 360, and PlayStation 3. Yeah. It was set two years after the sequel in 1991 at Thanksgiving. Correct. And the player is a new recruit to the Ghostbusters. Correct. Yes. All right, so we're talking about the same one. Good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, did, did you do a lot of online gaming back then? Uh, No. I, I Back in that time, I, I was playing a lot of single. I mean, that's what I generally do anyways, but I mean... The uh, the single player on this is the reason why I wanted it, and it 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 held up. I loved it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the single player, the campaign was awesome. You but guys the can online, discuss that. Yeah, the online was hella fun. Like the the fact that you had to work as a team, slam the ghost, someone run the trap. Because when you were playing online, it's a lot of different people moving parts. You're trying to coordinate an attack to take down the okay, ghost. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. It, funny fun fact is uh, one time when we were playing as a group, uh, something happened. Noah went down. And he's like, I need help. I need help. So you could go and you could revive a character. 
I went to him, and my character landed on him in such a gay way. It just looked like we were having gay butt sex. Uh, it was pretty hilarious. Thankfully, one of our partners came up and got us. But, yeah, I, was like, I just got hit by one of the ghosts, fell over, and all of a sudden we're having yeah, butt sex. We played a lot of hours on this game. A lot of it was multiplayer. The multiplayer wanna... was because you had so many different games you could play. Like, you can do tournaments where you're playing against other teams. To see who can catch the most, or you ran as a team trying to take down super, super hard ghosts. Oh yeah. That when you when you're taking down like like top level ghosts, you had to work as a team. If somebody wasn't doing their job, you were gonna lose hands down. Usually, um, my hubby knows this about me, and I don't know if you guys. I don't think guys are usually like this, but I have to ask. So when I'm watching them in the movies trying to capture the ghosts, and they're pulling their guns back, they're trying to pull the ghosts down. You had to do that in the game. You guys yes. remember you, one had to capture and one had to pull, or there was a way to do it. He show, he tell, told me how to well, do it. What you want to do is you wanted to grab the ghost and slam them and yes. tire them out, and then you start pulling them down to the trap. So yeah. when I, I was that doing that, I was physically doing it with yes. my controller. Were She's you guys doing that? No. Because <laughs> we're like, dude, we've been playing games since the 80s. And I'm sitting like, here with my controller just pulling My wife, down. she plays a game where you have to jump. She thinks if you take the controller and you move it up, <laughs> it... it yeah, I did that back in 85 or 86, I guess, when I played Mario for the first time, and then I realized I didn't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm very animated when I play. Okay, just wanted to know. Okay, so you guys tell me about this uh, single player, because I only know about the online play. See, I, I remember the campaign, but not all of it. It's it's kind of fuzzy, because we played so much online after we started. Because the online was such an, it's an amazing aspect to any game, especially a group of ghosts, like everybody's a Ghostbuster playing online, working together. It always it added a totally different element to the game. So I'll I'll, I'll go through the information I have in the notes, and we can kind of talk about it. Okay. Uh, so Ramus and uh, Ackroyd actually did help write the overall script for the game. Oh, big shocker! Um, all the principals lent their voice uh, voices likenesses along with uh, Annie Potts. So this was prior. Actually, Harold Ramus did put his voice in this because this was prior to him passing away. Okay, so. that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Max von Sydow played Vigo again, did the voice for him, oh. and actually got William Ather to come back and do William Peck, so there's that. Okay. Uh, or Walter Peck, I mean. Um, we have Alyssa Milano. Uh, what? Plays, uh, plays Gozerian, Gozerian expert, expert Alyssa Selwyn. And we have Brian Doyle Murphy as the new mayor in this one. Um. And Ackroyd describes this as essentially the third movie. Yeah. So if you play the game, that's that's what it is. Um, it has you fighting in the in the main game, Evo, uh, the cult of Evo Shandor. Uh, Shandor and his accomplices have all attained deity status. There's a Zeltor, the Destroyer, the Chairman, and the Spider Witch. And uh, Evo is using a Mandela-like device to capture ghosts and use them to form a destructor form like Gozer. Which reminded me a lot of Thirteen Ghosts because yeah. they're refusing in the Vasta, you know. Um, and the ending sets up the possibility of a Ghostbusters establishing a franchise in other locations because your guy, whenever you get through beating it, that you know Bill Murray, I think, comes up to you and he's like, "Hey, kid, how how do you feel about a franchise?" You know? Oh yeah. Um. So basically, that's what it is. You go, you fight the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man again at one point. Uh, you have to fight Gozer. Um, there's all these other different ghosts you have to fight. Uh, Vigo comes back at one point. You actually have the equipment, including the the you know the goo or whatever, the psychokinetic. Yeah, you know, the slime. 
slime you got that too after you use as one of your things i mean it and 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 the best part about it is it's got a physical feel to it just like you were saying whenever you're playing the game and the rumble and everything else actually when the ghosts are fighting you it it's like almost like a fishing game you have to fight them and and get them to wear out before they'll go in the trap you know it's kind of like that if you (laughs) i know my hubby knows um luigi's mansion you you kind of have to capture them with this i mean it's just a gun, essentially, that he's walking around with. But it's ultimately it's Ghostbusters. He's it's got a, a backpack on, and you got to beat the ghost yeah, to get them down. It's a similar mechanic where you got to wear the ghost out before you can bring him in. That is so funny. I just thought about that right now. Uh, this was such a fun fucking game because, like I said, for not a gamer girl, I'm not a gamer girl. Um, you know, uh, being able to kind of just jump in because I remember he'd be playing, and it's like I could kind of just jump in, and then I could also just fucking jump out. You know, when my, you know, ADHD kicks in, I was like, okay, I'm over the shit, you know? (laughs) Um, And it was pretty cool. So, um, man, just, I really feel like the game was underrated because I don't feel like it got the attention that, uh, for how amazing it was. And it looked so good, too. Uh, I think it did pretty Uh, good. A lot of of people were playing the (laughs) hell out of the game. A lot of people we knew, but we also talked a lot of people into getting the game so we could all play together, you know? Yeah, I remember I was playing a lot of this and a lot of the Grand Theft Auto online at the time. Yeah, I have this shirt actually from when the game came out because it was like a pack-in with the game. Like oh, you, that's, the deluxe you edition. always get the fucking editions of shit that has shirts. I hate you. God. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was great. Now, actually, whenever I found out it has like a, you know, uh, they've remade it. I'm, I'm actually interested in, in rebuying it again and playing through it all yeah. over again. I think it'd be cool if they made another one based off the, the, the most recent movie. The whole I idea, see. the whole idea is sitting on the outside of the car and running a, a proton gun. Like, yeah, I, that would be fun. Yeah. Really fun. Not that, but you'd have somebody driving like an online version of that would be awesome. Multiple people, one person running the gun, one person running the trap and the other person driving. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially if you've got that remote control one, like podcast has that remote control trap. That's like, you know, on the little, Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. The little vehicle. RC car. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's things like that. You can put so many awesome mechanics where everybody is actually has to work on that's what makes online gaming the best is everybody has a part that needs to be held. And if one person fel- fails the part, then you lose as a team. And But you can always point out who the failure was. Like, way to go, dipshit. <laughs> well, I did. I played Call of Duty for quite a while there, and, uh, you know, we, we got in that too. But I feel like uh, Xbox Live brings out the worst in people too. So there's that. There's no barrier, so everybody acts how they're going to act. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean, I was never offended in there, but whatever. What the Ghostbuster lobby wasn't like toxic like most, like well, you it's get a, like Call of Duty where you've literally got like a five year old calling you a piece of shit. Yeah. And tell, Same and thing with Grand Theft Auto. You're playing the online lobbies in GTA, dude. It is atrocious. Like young kids. I can't, it was so funny. Just though some of those times where like you'd be sitting here and this kid that, that sounded like way too young before what they were obviously way too young to be playing the game. And it'd be like, no, fuck you, mom. I'm not going to bed yet. Oh my God. <laughs> Beat my kid. I wouldn't even <laughs> unplug the game. I cut the fucking cord. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just wanted to throw the game in there because it technically is like, I mean, according to Ackroyd, it really is a th- uh, the third movie. So, I mean, we, I, we had to cover it. I feel like know? we have to rate that game. That game deserves a rating. Um, I four think and a th- half. I, out of out of ten or five, we only five. do out of five. I mean, yeah, I'm curious what the actual what they rated it. Can you want to pull it up? Real yeah, quick? I'll pull it up. Real quick. I gotta imagine it was good because that game, the campaign was good. 
Um, I rate the game five out of five. I don't have much to compare it to. I, I give the game a four out of five. It, it it hit pretty good. Okay, hold on. I have a tire rating market for a game. It needs to hit a lot of criteria, especially if you're offering a campaign. The campaign blows. To me, it almost dragged down the entire game, even if the online's good. Uh, they have a computer game, too. Yeah, probably. There probably is a couple different games. Well, on Steam, the computer game got a 9 out of 10. Yeah. Four and a half out of five through the people, you know, uh, rating it through, like, Walmart or whatever. Um, hold on one second, because um, games, I'm going to have to put 2009, because here it goes. Okay, the Ghostbusters game, uh, 9 out of 10 on Steam again, but um, it got an 8 and a half out of 10. 95% of Google users like the game. Yeah, it's an awesome game. Yeah. I'm curious how good it would hold up to replaying. I got a feeling it would. Uh, I remember the graphics being pretty decent. I got some then. news for you. What? They have it available on Nintendo Switch. Oh, really? Yeah. You can try to get that it. might be fun for the kids. Fun for me. <laughs> I mean, the kids. Yeah, I think, uh- yeah, I think that might be part of the remaster they did of it. Yeah, that makes sense. So, okay, so shall we uh, move on to <laughs> the the <laughs> next title that shall not be named? Uh, the reboot, aka the piece of shit. <laughs> How uh, dare you, sir? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a misogynist. That's the reason. Uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters 2016, written by Katie uh, Dippold and Paul Feig, uh, directed by Paul Feig. Uh, composer is uh, Theodore Shapiro. Budgeted uh, budget for it was 144 million. It Whoa. only made 229 million. I mean, at uh, least it made money versus lost money. So there's that. But I think these are people that felt obligated to support. Yeah, and there was also that. Well, you got to remember, this was at a time where there was all these people saying, "If you don't go watch this, you're clearly a misogynist and a bastard." So that just shows what kind. Of, and so, yeah, and you're right. To- well, clearly, I'm a, I'm the only misogynistic bastard in the room, and I am the same sex of the women of that. Uh, you know, of the people that made. You I know, used to the their genders. Yeah. You know, my my big problem with the movie. Is you try to you try to they try to make an ensemble of comedians and only two of the girls that were on the movie were comedians. Uh, Christina no. Wig, Christina Wig didn't do a bad job. Kristen Wig is a comedian. She was on. Uh, That's what I'm saying. She actually wasn't too bad of a character. And then the other they, heavy, they were all comedians. So yeah, I know, but. If you watch the movie, it doesn't seem like the other two are very good comedians. Well, Kate McKinnon, that, she hasn't done stand up, has she? Because I don't feel like she's a real comedian. She, well, she's, she's on, on Saturday S- Night Live, and yeah. that's not that doesn't well, necessarily make you a comedian. Yeah, anymore. no, but SNL only hires comedians. So Do they now? They're supposed to be. Okay, because <laughs> that, that's because Kate McKinnon came in at a time where it's questionable whether or not she's a real comedian. She's, in my opinion, she's not. Well, there you go. That's she's what I'm arguing. Hilariously she's shitty. On this movie. Yeah, she's hilariously shitty, is what she is. I mean, and I've seen her in a movie that I like that I did like her in. I don't think she's a horrible actress by any means, but. Yeah. Well, the people that carried the movie were Christina uh, Wig and the other girl. Uh, what's her, what's her name? Melissa uh, McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, she, they carried the movie hands down. And I yeah. do like Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. So you know what? Players on a uh, side note, uh, Melissa McCarthy. Do you ever see the one, the Sugarland Murders? I think is what it is. Yes, with the puppets. Yeah. That is oh, a hilarious man. movie. That's a good dude. movie. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to include that in some sort of a, a season we do. <laughs> So, principal players for this one, and I'm not going to go into what, they, what they've what they done because the movie doesn't deserve it. Uh, Kristen Wiig <laughs> plays Aaron Gilbert, who's the Bankman stand-in. Uh, Melissa McCarthy plays Abby Yates, uh, who is the stance stand-in. 
Kate McKinnon is Jillian Holtzman, who is clearly the Spangler stand-in, and looks like she was based on Spangler from the cartoon. Wow. Um, Leslie Jones plays uh, Patty Tolan, who is uh, the, clearly the Zedimore stand-in, and that's not racist, but she uh, is. I mean, she's a horrible character in that. Movie. She she is, but they made her out to seem like she was going to be a lot worse in the previews than she was in the movie because in the previews, literally all she did was scream every single line she did, and she did that a lot in the movie, but she didn't do it nearly as much as she did in the previews, which was I, I was thankful for. And then, of course, we rounding out the cast, we have Chris Hemsworth uh, playing Kevin. Uh, I thought he was, was hilarious. That was I hated that role so much because they just try to make they, they try to spread the taupe of the guys being complete morons. It's like, oh yeah, you think guys yes. are dumb? Watch the first Ghostbuster movies. So I, I thought he was hilarious. This kind of goes into our discussion of the movie just slightly, but he is my biggest problem with the movie is the Janine stand-in because Janine is smart. Yes. She doesn't Sharp. take shit. Correct. Um, and in this movie, he is nothing but a male, the worst male himbo that you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Clearly, I mean, they don't even, like in the original movie, now just imagine how much shit they would have caught for this. Now, I, I know that, um, you know, there's a there's a, like a budding relationship or she's trying to get one started in the first movie between her and Spangler. But he clearly has, does has nothing to do with her because every time he gets a chance, he, he skedaddles away from her. Imagine if the movie had been nothing but Peter Venkman sitting there ogling every time Jane came in. He's like, how about you show me your tits? You know, oh yeah, that is literally what Kristen Wiig does in this fucking movie. Every time Chris Hemsworth comes in, she's like, he's got a nice ass. That's why I'm going to keep him around. Like she says this shit. Like, and I mean, you can argue it's like, well, whatever. It's it's finally guys turn to get turned on, but that the original Ghostbusters did not do that. I mean, I don't understand the point of that. Yeah, I know? I never watched the original Ghostbusters thinking Janine's a moron. <laughs> no, no, not not like this character is so stupid in this fucking movie. He cannot even get in and out of the rain. They're like, I mean, like he, like they're talking to him, and it's like talking to a fucking toddler. And they even tell him at one point in time, it's like, go wash your eyes out. It's down the hall, and he's like, how do I get there? They're like, just keep walking until you run into something. Like that's a kind. I mean, if if a man talked to a woman like that, do you think that would fly? You know, this is why I mean, equality will never be a thing. <laughs> And do we really want that? I don't think women want that. They say they do. Well, what they really want is just like the perks of what they think they're going to get from equality, not realizing the perks we have the way that things are right now. They're yeah. pretty fucking good. In fact, if anything, they're stacked more in our favor. It's, so It's the whole Bill Burr joke about when he's talking about moms, talking about bending over, putting DVDs. I thought roofing July was a hard job. <laughs> Oh, that is pretty good. Yep. Um, so before we dis discuss it entirely, the synopsis for what it is, is a new group of female Ghostbusters start up their own spirit hunting business in a, in a universe where the original Ghostbusters never existed, but versions of their characters kind of do, question mark, because all the originals except for, you know, Harold Ramis show up. Um, was, was, Harold, generally... was Harold Ramis still alive during this movie? No, he died two years before this, I believe. Thank God. Yeah. Because he would have been... Oh, he would have... This would have killed him. Yeah. <laughs> this movie would have uh, given him cancer. Now, here's the worst part about this. They are generally put upon for being women and sexualize and objectify the most blatant himbo in history and make jokes about queefs. Um, ghosts are captured, bad jokes happen, and New York is saved once again. Yay. Okay, you know. queefing is funny, though. 
That shit is funny. That is something to be joked about. Maybe not in an all-feminist movie, but in general. What, queefs? Let me explain to you why queefs aren't funny. If you're sitting in a room and a guy farts and makes a joke, we're all going to laugh. If we're sitting in a room and then a woman queefs, guess what the response isn't going to be? It's Abject like... horror. Look yeah. at you want to know how, how, how funny it not is? Watch the episode of South Park when all the women are running around queefing. Queefing. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, you'll never know the luxury of a fart going out of one area, going into another, and then coming back out again, and then your just lips just clap and a little, you know, congratulatory, you did it. <laughs> so basically you got stink gas in your pussy? Yeah, but it doesn't yeah, come out that's stinky. that's what I'm getting out of this, this yeah. conversation. Makes me not want to put my face in it. <laughs> well, too late. <laughs> so... In the context of the movie, the queef joke is not even a joke. It's literally they're listening to what they think is the EVP or what uh, Melissa McCarthy and Kate McKinnon's character are saying is a, you know, EVP. All of a sudden there's just a, you know, like sound. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, you know, it's like, uh, Kristen Wiig's like, okay guys, you farted. And it's like, um, and then, uh, Kate McKinnon literally just says, yeah, but from the front. And then they're like, oh my God, you mean it's a queef? And she's like, yeah, you know, and that was the joke, literally, in the, as told in the movie. <sighs> oh, hey, that's not even Said a queef no joke. One. That's like a queef statement. That's boo. boo. <laughs> There's many times in this movie where Kate McKinnon is doing nothing but acting, like, really goofy. Like, there, she puts on a pop song, and she's doing, like, some kind of stupid dance. And then, you know, and then while she's doing that, stuff is catching fire behind her. And then Kristen Wiig's like, oh, oh, well, you might want to put the fire out behind you. And then, uh, and then Kate McKinnon turns around as she's dancing and puts it out. That's literally what she does as far as her humor in this movie. Wow. I'm so glad I haven't watched this. <laughs> oh, now. Dude. I'm going to give them credit. What you mentioned earlier about the Ghostbusters not showing building their equipment, they do in this. Although I would argue that it's not really needed. And it's definitely not needed for three fucking montages, which is what this movie gives to it. They fixed their fucking equipment like three times in a fucking back alley out behind their Chinese dumpster. Look how smart we are. We built these. Well, that's why they had to fix it two more times because they didn't do it right. (laughs) Should have called and, a guy. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and they also, uh, some people might appreciate the fact that they don't move straight into the very uh, obviously expensive uh, firehouse right at the beginning because they can't afford it. So they move on top of a Chinese place, and that's where their ghost busting is out of through most of the movie. And they get the firehouse as a result of saving the city at the end of it. Whoopee. You mean they finished something they started? Because women are not. Project. They gave them a participation We're trophy. We're project starters, not project <laughs> finishers. <laughs> you guys also tried. Gonna, <laughs> I'm going to give them credit for something else though in this movie, though. The ghost, the CGI ghosts do look good in this movie. There's yeah, one they're, stupid one that's, they built it in modern time technology, the movie. Yeah. Like yeah. You're running off the backbone of CGI, not, and not the actual real. Ca- you know what made the Ghostbusters good? The characters. We're good. Yeah. That carried the story. Yeah, the ghosts were just little side notes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and get this. The uh Ghostbusters ghost that's actually on their symbol becomes alive. He's actually in the movie. He's very tall. And and get this, he's a misogynistic asshole in the movie. So oh. yeah. You know, I never Imagine made it that. far enough in the movie to I did see like maybe the beginning of the movie. I never made it far enough in this movie to see a ghost. The ending is so bad. Well, I know. It's so it bad. Really I knew it was gonna be bad just 
just with the women alone, I knew it wasn't going to be my cup of tea. That's just how I am. Uh, you come at me if you want. I don't care. But <laughs> I Ernie Hudson wasn't in the movie, huh? He he was okay. I I, I turn. He was at the very tail end because he is uh, Leslie Jones' uncle in the movie. Oh, that's right. That's right. He's the one that lent her the hearse that she you know made into the ectomobile, or they got turned into that. Um, and then Bill Murray plays a skeptic uh, character that gets like killed by a ghost in the movie. Yeah, like five minutes into his role or something like that. Yeah, because he—that's the only way he would agree to do it, and that's that was the joke for years. That's the only way he would do a sequel to Ghostbusters if they killed him off. But obviously, they couldn't because Ramus was already gone, and that was his fault. We've got to remember because he couldn't fucking put his shit behind him. Um, and uh, uh, Stance or you know Ackroyd's in the movie he plays like a cab driver, and like and and the only good thing about he's got the best role in the movie to me because he actually is a pseudo race dance because like whenever they try to get in the cab with him he's like it looks like you've got a level five you know something or other ghost which is basically something exactly what race dance would say so even though he's just a cabbie he's race dance you know that's that's what he's playing um and then slimer's in the movie and slimer's got a girlfriend in the movie oh. so there you go <laughs> so stupid dude oh my god now it was, it, this movie this watch this movie is like trying to run a marathon. You're just like, holy, is this thing ever going to end? Am I near the finish line? What's going on? Yeah, about the third montage, you're like, please put me out of my fucking misery. I want to go the route that Bill Murray did in this movie. <laughs> oh my god. Um, um it, wasn't this one of those movies? I mean, I know we kind of pre-discussed this, but wasn't this one where when it was determined that it was not doing so well, they were like, well, there's just a bunch of people that are, you know, racist and misogynistic. Like, oh, it was yeah, one of that's those. totally what they put. Paul Feig came out and said that. The director of the movie said, you all are deliberately trashing this movie because you're white, cis, you know, uh, misogynist males or whatever. And, okay. You know, you... That's fine. Let's do well, that. Here you go, everybody. Here's a Latina putting the movie down because I couldn't even <laughs> make it through more than, I don't know, what did I watch? Maybe 20 minutes of the film for? I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah it was so I'm going to move on to the, what little trivia I bothered to put on this two uh, whole much, bits of trivia <laughs> yeah pretty much all of the dialogue was improvised and you can clearly tell because there are scenes that will never fucking end in this movie like they literally will not stop talking they make no sense um, especially the scenes between Kristen Wiig and uh, Chris Hemsworth it's like they're talking to each other and it's like will you please have a purpose to this conversation well, they can't um, because he's stupid. <laughs> yeah, but she's stupid because she can't fucking, like, there's no point to anything she says either. And, <laughs> and, and it's the same interaction she has with the other Ghostbusters. They they all have that. Yeah. Um, and then Sony was so intent on leaving this turd behind them that when they announced the new box set of all the films, they were going to leave it out altogether, but relented to a few fans' demands and to Pete's fee because he got online and was a whiny bitch about it. And they included it as a fucking download. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's your bone. <laughs> so if you get the box set, you get physical copies of all the movies and in 4K. And a digital download. And you get a download of this one. Oh, my God. Watch it be the wrong and I'm download. Curious. It's the Ghostbusters, the one that uh, Donnie G watched. The triple X, yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm curious if they have the numbers on how many people downloaded it. Oh, my God. 
for for uh, just your all sake, I did. Uh, I had a copy of this that I got for like dirt cheap one Black Friday, and then I, I put the digital code in finally, and that's how I watched this piece of dog shit. Again. Oh my god! And it still worked. Um, let me see. <laughs> I want to see if it gives me any information. I'm on. That's a pro tip for anybody who has digital. Uh, uh, you know, uh, copies or whatever in movies, try those suckers out on movies anywhere, because even if they say they expired in so-and-so year, I've had them work from all the way back in 2015. So just go back and try them. Yeah. I didn't realize they expired. Yeah, they, they do, but they don't like they said that. But then if you try to put them on, you know, voodoo or, uh, uh, movies anywhere, they work, you okay. know, so it's. Mm, okay. Hold on. Record. On a side a note, record. what's your opinion of the Obi One series? We don't discuss well, that. I enjoy it, but we clearly know Urena talking to her offline is not a fan of the continuity errors that this thing is going to introduce. Yes, I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm irritated in the last episode the inconsistency with Vader. Yeah, we're not gonna we can't discuss. We don't want to give any spoilers on this though, and I don't want to have to edit this. So, All right. um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it doesn't, me, me and Noah did not have to say anything to each other. We kind of just looked at each other with this look on our face like, how are they going to explain this? How is this going to work? So anyways, let's move on from that. I cannot find digital download numbers, and I'm pretty sure they probably wouldn't willingly no. give that information. No, they wouldn't give that information out, no. Yeah. So Unless it was amazing. Then they tried they'd to be give, blasting it across the, the, the paradigm. Uh, there's a website called thenumbers.com, and they try to give like awards or accolades that the movie had gotten, and there's not much. They gave it a "you tried your best" award. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, they really do try to fluff it up a little bit, so I don't know. Uh, Let's move on to bigger, that, better things. Before we move on to a movie that's actually decent, uh, I'm, I'm going to give this my rating. It's a one Ooh. out of a five. I, that's pretty high. Five. It's the it's the CGI ghost. They had they're some pretty good. Designs. Okay, okay, I'll give it. Yeah, I'll give you that. What are you giving it, babe? I give it a point two tampon. <laughs> that's a good one. That, that's a good rating. That's what he gets. Um, I'm gonna give this a zero because I have not watched it and I have no intent on watching it. I have no desire to watch it. How's a woman yeah. not? You're not even gonna give it a point one. This is zero. <laughs> there wasn't really anything. <laughs> Okay, you have to give at least some because at least showed up and made the movie. Uh, a point zero zero one because I thought Chris Hemsworth was. Funny she gave in it the a point zero zero one COVID. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, because I mean, for the little bit that I did see Chris Hemsworth, I didn't see it as bad as you guys did, so I couldn't rate it, it the was... way you guys did. I thought he was fucking hilarious for that little bit that I saw him. Because here's the thing: I'm not g- even as dumb of a character as he was, you got to see it from my perspective. He was still doing way better than the women. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like the, the character he played. He did. His, he did a good job yeah. making the character he did, funny. He did a good job. I'm not. What I, he was given. Yes, I'm not arguing that. He did a good job of the role he was given. I've seen him play some dumb. He's played a lot. He's played the dumb pretty boy in a lot of movies. He's playing the dumb pretty boy in Thor, God and Love and God, and, uh, God of Love and Thunder. But uh, let's not think about that too much. Exactly. So. Is that out yet? No, it's coming out shortly, and I don't have any desire to see that movie. Um, so yeah, so that's that's my rating, and like I said, I really. There's just some you, movies I just fucking can't. There are a, there is a literal interaction with him where he's being interviewed and he says that he needs to bring his pet, my cat, into work. And then Melissa McCarthy, improvising obviously, says, "Well, I that's uh, that's okay, but I'm deathly allergic to cats, so that's not going to work." And he's like, "Well, 
that's okay because that's it's actually my dog. And then she's like, wait, your dog's name my cat? And he's like, no, my dog's name is Mike Hat. Oh. And then, and, and then you're like, you're like, this is the god awfulest piece of shit dialogue I've ever heard in my life. Still better than the rest it's of funny, the dialogue. It's funny, funny, everybody. Look how funny I was. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, well, the, the dog's name could have been my cunt, so you know. Which would have been well, funny. It have been, but it was yeah. a movie about women, so they couldn't put. I that gotta in bring there. my cat in. Okay, do you have to? Yeah, my cat's name is my cunt. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. That would have been funny. See, I'm over here writing scripts. Okay, I can't. I'm just. Your cat's your cat's name is Mike. Mike Hunt. Yeah, my I'm... pussy's name is Mike Hunt. My pussy's name is Mike Hunt. That that, that would have worked. That would have been uh, hilarious. All right. So finally, moving on to the ritual. <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife, the 2021 film, written by Gil Keenan and Jason Reitman, directed by Jason Reitman, composer is Rob Simonson, made on a budget of $75 million, it made $204.6 million, so it's getting back to those old Ooh, Ghostbusters. yeah, it is. I, I, I had one gripe about this wait, movie. Wait, 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 hold on one second. How did it have such a low budget? I don't know. Cause wow. Because they, well, they, they kept it up. If you think about it, they didn't, they didn't make the movie in a major city. So that means you're paying for less extras, overall cost, oh, yeah. per, permits, stuff like that. So when you're doing any type of movie in a major metropolitan area, you're paying through the teeth and permits and workaround times and, and all those other factors. They made it in like a remote area. And a lot of the uh, effects were practical, which, yes. you know, in theory sounds like it might cost more. But you got to remember CGI is like super expensive. So, I mean, the less CGI that they use, the probably the more they saved. <clears throat> Um, principal players in this movie is uh, Finn Wolfhard, who plays Trevor in this movie. He is the Zetamore stand-in, uh, which is odd considering, but we'll get to the reason why. Um, obviously, this is the kid from Stranger Things, plays Mike in that. That's what everybody's going to ever forever know him as. He plays Mike um, in everything that he's in. Pretty much. He played Mike in this movie. He played the same character in this. <laughs> he played the same character in Stephen King's It, chapters yep. one and two. Uh, he played probably Mike in The Turning um, in 2020. Uh, he was actually in the Adams Family uh, cartoon as a voice. I didn't know that. Which voice and, do you know? Uh, he's going to be in the new Pinocchio movie that's coming out, which looks like total dog shit. Thank you. I'm so glad you said it because I am not at all curious to see that movie. <laughs> Unless um, there's a, a wrong movie downloaded that Donnie G can watch. <laughs> Pinocchio. Lie to me, Pinocchio. Lie to me. Pinocchio. Yeah, it's like I can't stop lying, and then she gets more and more thrills as he <laughs> as he continues lying. As his wood continues to grow. Uh, yeah, that growing that wood. Uh, the thing about Finn Wolfhard is like out of all those kids on Stranger Things, he's like actually the the, the Hollywood's it guy out of that group. Which it's, it's so funny to me. I mean, like not to say he's a bad actor. I, I I think the guy's great playing this basically Mike, but. Um, it's like you think that Millie Bobby Brown, who plays, um, you know, Eleven, would be the big draw of that. But, like, you know, it's it's Finn that's, like, the one that everybody's, like, you know, tr head over heels trying to get, like, for their movies now. So. Yeah. Uh, we have McKenna Grace playing Phoebe, who's the Egon stand-in. And, oh, my God, did they do a good job making her look like she could be a young Egon, like, or a relative to him uh, in this movie. Um. She does the voice for young Daphne on Scoob with a qu or exclamation mark. Um, 
and she's going to play an older Daphne in the Scoob Holiday Haunt movie. Uh, she was young. <laughs> she plays a lot of young female characters for different things. She was the young Captain Marvel in the Captain Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played young Tanya Harding in I, Tanya. <laughs> she played young Theo in The Haunting of Hill House that we covered previously. I did not even realize that. I didn't either until they mentioned, until I started reading. I was like, yes, that was definitely her. Oh, my uh, God. She, she played in Amityville, The Awakening, but she's no young anybody in that. She's actually an original character in that. Uh, she plays a young uh, 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 Warren uh, in, in the Annabelle Comes Home movie. She's the you know one of the children in that, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, she plays young Sabrina Spellman in the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina episode. That is the Christmas episode. Oh, my God. Uh, she plays young Madison in the Malignant movie. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, dude. And she... I thought Malignant was going to be so much better than what it was. Oh, we oh, both God. did. Yeah, I actually gave sure. that movie a rating and a review before it, the Reverend saw it, and it was exactly how I imagined it was, was going to be. She was not lying. It was the dog turd she thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. Um, and she's been another number, uh, a number of other TV shows. Now, the thing about uh, McKenna Grace, I, she's a really good child actor. I'm just going to give her credit. Like, she can, I mean, that's probably why she's been casting so much, but she can really act. Uh, Logan Kim plays Podcast, who is the stance stand-in in this movie. Uh, and he, this is pretty much his only acting job or major one that he's ever done. Uh, Celeste O'Connor plays Lucky, uh, the Vankman stand-in. Uh, she was in the in-between in the movie Freaky. Uh, that's about the that's got Vince Vaughn, where he's like mm. the serial killer that switches body with oh, the yeah. girls that plays uh, uh, Castiel's daughter in Supernatural. Ugh, God, that one. She's a really bad actress, by yeah, the way. She is. Uh, Vince Vaughn is the only thing that makes that movie, but it's just so creepy seeing him kiss a young teenage boy because he's supposed to be a young teenage girl in, in Vince Vaughn's body. <laughs> Don't think about that too long. It is pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Paul Rudd uh, is a Mr. Gruberson in this movie. Uh, he is, I'm assuming, the Tully stand-in. I wish he had a bigger role in the movie. He really, I going back and rewatching this. I uh, he he's he's great, like Paul Rudd always. And now you talk about you know Mike Wol- or you know Finn Wolfhard playing Mike and everything. Paul Rudd plays Paul Rudd. And everything, yeah, pretty much in everything because we all love Paul Rudd. Yeah, so. yeah he's an uh, awesome actor. He he really he's held is. up very well. Um, he was in Ant Man, obviously. Um, knocked up, which the newest Ant Man, by the way, has got Bill Murray in it, the one that's oh, coming shit. out. Um. Uh, he was uh, knocked up, uh, four-year-old virgin. This is 40. He was an anchor man, uh, wet, hot American summer. He was really funny in that. Uh, Wanderlust for those people on TikTok that keep hearing that. Would you like some dick? You know, that was, that was Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you've ever heard that on TikTok, uh, Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers. That was his, one of his first roles. Um, uh, and a little bit of trivia before we get to it. Uh, the, he actually turned down the role in the new Halloween Kills movie of playing Tommy Doyle, and Michael Hall took on the role because he turned it down for this movie. Hmm. Um, I would also like to point out he's the current standing sexiest man alive. Well, there you go. I'll give it to he's him. Got, he's got that adrenochrome going for him. <gasps> oh. <laughs> 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 uh, Carrie Coon uh, plays Kelly, uh, Egon's daughter. Uh, she's the Dana stand-in, barely, but that's kind of what she is. 
she was actually in Avengers Infinity War and Endgame and What If. Uh, wow. She was in all of those. And uh, she was in the movie Gone Girl. All righty. We have J.K. Simmons playing Evo Shandor, who is the second uh, biggest bad in this movie. Uh, of course, you know, he is J. Jonah Jameson. I mean, I can't ever think of that man without, because he looks just like the character. And uh, We Are Farmers, you know, if you've ever seen those commercials. Uh, he was a voice in Portal 2, which is a really good game. Oh, yeah. He's going to be Commissioner Gordon in the Batgirl movie that comes out, which that movie's going to be woke as shit. Yeah. Uh, so. The show failed. Who's... Does nobody track the real polling data of, of consumers? Because the show just imploded itself into oh a black hole. Oh, my God. Hole. Yeah, the show did so horrible. Yeah, yeah, that Batwoman show was just completely awful. Even the, I mean, I think even the woke people who were defending it dropped off in the second season when it switched from uh, Ruby Rose to the new uh, new lady. I have to appreciate how how the host on Rain Man Digital really did try to stick with it, though, and tried to be... Not, it's not, not that well, bad. You guys are No, 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 not at all. Shake. They're not like that at all. But they're also... They're not woke, but they're not... They're just, like, somewhere in the middle, and they really tried. They really put in the effort, and, oh, my are God, they trying, it was a disaster. Are they trying not to... No. Like piss off any sponsors. No, no, no. Because if they they have a huge fandom with Supernatural, and they talk shit about Supernatural all the time, and that is not a fandom to be fucked with. So that's true. You that's if true. you want your shit to get fucked with, you fuck with the Supernatural fans. You fuck with the Star Wars fans. We talk shit about Star Wars all the time. So uh, you well, I think the Supernatural fans are more likely to be the ones that like set up like a you know IED or you know oh, whatever you know and uh, underneath your car after you get out. From <laughs> you, you know, where you're at <laughs> Supernatural I mean. fans, yeah, they're. I I learned real good that I'm not a fan like some of them are. So, um, J.K. Simmons was also he's got he does a voice for uh, the one of the main characters in Invincible. That's an animated show on Amazon about awesome superheroes. Show. Uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. He was that weird claymation uh, detective on that, the new movie. Oh my god, and, the kids uh, love it. <gasps> Gravity Falls. He was Ford Pines on Gravity Falls. Oh my god. And he was in Jennifer's Body, playing uh, the most anti J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson's role he's ever played. He was kind of like that touchy feely, like, okay, kids, we're going to have to make sure that we're in touch with our emotions with all the people that are dying, you know, type character in the movie. Just really weird to see him play that character. Um, we've got Olivia Wilde playing Gozer in this, and she's uncredited in the role. By the, uh, at uh, on top of that, that's weird. Um, the the only credit goes to the voice actress for the role, which was uh, Shori uh, Angladeshu. Okay, uh, no one's ever heard of that, that. person. <laughs> uh, and she's obviously the big bad of the movie. I mean, All it's right. Gozer, for God's sake. Yeah. And she looks a lot. I mean, I thought they did a good job making her look like the, the other actress. Oh, um, oh well, I'm, I'm going to pull it up right now, but yeah. And and you and the way that they, made, they animate it and everything, it was, it was very well done. So, synopsis for this film. Years after the Ghostbusters had a falling out, uh, Egon had been living in isolation and keeping watch on an old mining operation once owned or associated with Evo Shandor. He is attacked by a creature associated with the old mine, and word of his passing is sent to his estranged daughter and her two children. Low on cash, the family moves into the father-grandfather's ramshackle home and start a new life as Spangler's uh, daughter attempts the process of fixing up the old place so it can be sold. 
Uh, Trevor attempts a normal life hanging out and dating while his younger sister, Phoebe, who is incredibly intelligent like her grandfather, uh, has a harder time fitting in. A ghostly presence leads her to discover her father's uh, grandfather's legacy, and along with the help of her friend Podcast and her unwilling brother, and then later his girlfriend, the group take up the mystery their grandfather left behind. With the last-minute help of the remaining Ghostbusters, the gang is able to send Gozer back into retirement and save the planet. Owen Paul Rudd becomes a dog for a while and uh, and 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 fucks another dog. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, thoughts on this movie? Uh, I I wasn't a fan of the the Egon type character, the girl. Uh, to me, it's always just stress when you stretch when you try to make someone that young that smart because there's Really? She's an expert on particle physics? That was that was a stretch. I, I agree with you on that. I do like the fact, though, that they did kind of tap into that, uh, you know, her being autistic or on the spectrum a little bit like Egon was, I'm, or at least I'll, the way he was portrayed I'm, I'm in the not, first I don't movie. have a problem with that, but the problem is they pushed it so hard and so over the top that she's just over the top, and, and I'm like, you're, 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 you have a good idea, you're destroying it. Tone it back <laughs> a little bit. And that was but a problem. I, but I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's McKenna's uh, fault for that. I think she played the character perfectly. I, I, I agree. I'll, I'll agree with that. Cause they could have did a lot of stuff. Cause you gotta remember it's modern day. So there could have been videos they stumbled across where it was Egon explaining how the stuff works and she could have stumbled across it. It would have filled in, it would have filled in gaps of her knowledge. Yeah, that's, that's entirely true. I mean, I, and I, uh, I was just watching it. That was my only draw. That was my only real critique of the movie is like, there are so many ways to fill in the story plot gaps. Like you could have had her run across his lab and then he just had video documentaries of how, how everything worked. And she just went through like a, a grinding event, just watching all the content. And it, it, yeah, and just it have, have like a little montage sequence of her, like practicing and blowing shit up before she gets it right. Yeah. Over like weeks. I mean, you can do that. Yeah. And it would, it, it would have gave the story a little bit more breathing room too. Cause you, you would have, you would have stretched up time durations for everything. Instead of trying to condense everything, you 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 would have gave more breathing room for character development of making friends or different stuff like that. Yeah, I I, I hate when they take an idea and they condense it down and try to spin it like that was my biggest gripe with Monster Squad is they condense it all down to like a one day event and it's like you can't stories don't work it like that they need to breathe a little bit like it's the whole idea of Star Wars and and Ray didn't train at all and she was the most amazing oh, Jedi yeah, the Mary Sue of, yeah and but that's that's how the girl was it, it was the same type of thing you don't you're not given like you see every other character going through these growth arcs and then you're just condensing one down and now they're amazing yeah, not enough uh context I'm gonna say this because I don't have a lot to say about this film um so I have to agree with the hubby on this because all I saw in this film was maybe the first 20 to 30 minutes, and it was a lot of story building um, is what it felt like, which was good. It was good story building, too. It was interesting story building. Why I haven't seen the rest of this film it is nothing to be discussed right now. But now he's saying what he's saying, and I'm like, yeah, for all the fucking story building they did, why not give her a little bit more? It, it would have it it mm. gave more credibility to, the, to, the, to her understanding everything. Fucking up well, a few uh, times because yeah. she doesn't have an understanding, and then like, oh well, that's not how that works. So I got to try yeah. something. She different. shows up and she's catching ghosts out the gate when these grown men couldn't pull it off. That's that actually built these. So it's like, yeah. Well, her, her last aggravating. name must be Skywalker. 
<laughs> and, and I feel and I feel like they did a good job at the beginning of the movie. They show her like she's like, you know, playing around with something that's like, you know, with an electrical socket and like, you know, like nearly like blowing the electricity out at their old apartment. Like, you know, that that had a ring of like truth to it where she's like, Correct. you know, she's still she's smart, but she's like, you know, she's not quite fine tuned like her abilities or whatever. Whereas later, like when as soon as like, you know, I mean, they kind of hand wave it away a little bit where they have like Egon, like his ghost, like literally, you know, like pinpointing where she needs to like change things or whatever. But, but, but then even in that same scene, it's like she asked him for the thing to fix it. And it's like she shouldn't be that, like you said, that smart about it. Yeah. Cause if the ghost was directing her, the ghost could have directed her to where videos were of him making a chronological event, waiting for somebody to show up for him to give him the knowledge that was already pre recorded. There is a lot of things you can do with modern technology because they're in the modern age where you could have you could have pulled that idea off. Yeah, the only thing that I, that I can think of that would have been an issue with that is that they might not have wanted to go that route because that would have required them to uh, somehow computer like you know make like you know Harold Ramis's you know voice. They would have had to come up with a computer program to like have him saying this stuff. Yeah, but all, all you'd have to do is just have one video. And then the rest of it would be music overlay montage of her watching it. And you can make it that, shitty. That, and you can make it a shitty 480 camera, like video that, output. There, There's a that, lot. That would work. And yeah. Kind of fu- make it fuzzy to where it doesn't like it. You don't have to like have the stand in look, you know, correct. CGI perfect or anything. Yeah. You, 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 there's a lot of ways to get around <laughs> it. I don't disagree with that. I did like that stuff a little bit better upon second watching, but that, that did bother me. Not necessarily her, but it's like the whole general, because I felt like the kids stuff was a little <laughs> dull the first time I watched it. I liked it a little bit better upon the, the repeat viewing that I just recently did. But like I, when I was watching it, I was like, well, you know what? I get what they're trying to do with, you know, Trevor in it, you know, where he's trying, you know, he's trying to act so cool. And then, you know, I 100%. Like, you know, yeah. But I wish I wish it would have strung his character out developing that relationship with the girl over a longer duration. Yeah, like, it, it's it, like they're thrown together like really super quick for the interest of the movie. Yeah, I, but I don't I don't understand why why they're because Hollywood has a lot of that lately. It's a big push for like we just need her and get it done now. It's like no, like there's ways of pulling that off that that feel more plausible. I mean, you you want to make sure the story you're telling gives a it a, a good story has to ring a little bit of truth to it. But but you just fast forwarding someone's intelligence doesn't really pull that off. You're you're skipping a lot of understanding people to a degree that to, to try to force a story. Yeah, the only um, it's the only character that I feel like they gave just enough screen time for was podcast, but they really wouldn't like trying to focus on him that much anyways. Yeah, because I mean, because he because like, his character seemed like he was doing that for a minute, so he had the understanding of what he was trying to pull off even though it was super low budget. But his character was, we didn't know his backstory until he could have been doing it for a long time. So his was an open-ended slate for your imagination to do the heavy lifting. But the other ones, they were forcing what it was. And it kind of like, you're, there wasn't enough there to put it together. I did, I did like the scene between him and uh, Dan Aykroyd, though, at the end of it, because you could clearly tell that the character was based on Dan Aykroyd because, like, whenever he's going off about, you know, the paranormal, the conspiracies and all that, and then Aykroyd's character stance is like, oh, you're the one that runs that podcast? He's like, I'm your one and only fan, you know, and I, <laughs> I love, you know, you found your voice in episode 46, just like the kids said or whatever, and I, I don't know. It just plays into, like, you know, everything that, I, that, that you know about Aykroyd in real life, like him being into that stuff. It was, like, the perfect, like, little version of him or whatever. Um, 
but yeah, I, it was kind of weird that they they made a you know a Finn Wolfhard or whatever into the uh, the Zedmore character because initially I thought he was going to be the Bankman, but like he you know I guess they've condensed Winston into like the mechanic basically, and uh, that's what they kind of made you know Finn Wolfhard's character. Although I don't, he doesn't really fix the car up that much; he just gets it running. But I mean, I guess that was you know him being over the Ectomobile was him being Winston, and then see, and now um, we, we run into other problems with consistency because kids nowadays don't know anything about cars, especially something that has a carburetor. So how did he get that running? Well, I don't know. It's a, you know, that's another hand waving thing. It's like, oh, well, he's just good with you know, like stuff like this. And I guess that's. But there's to be nothing like, about his character know. that that sets the foundation that <laughs> no. he's good. No, not at all. And there's nothing about that. And even if you want to say that skills like that, which they can't be, obviously, but even if you want to go movie Hollywood magic, you know, uh, oh well, that's part of Egon's, you know, stuff that was passed on to him. Egon never really had much of a, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't remember him being much of a mechanic in the movies. No. He was more, you know, he was tinkering with the other stuff. Because it was always, I believe, Ray and, and Winston that were oper- that were working on the Ectomobile. Yeah, blue-collar dudes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- this movie, whenever I rewatched it, kind of lost me. Uh, the sec- the first time I watched it, I, I was kind of, you know, zoned out a little bit on the kids' stuff. I liked it better the second watch. But the, the second watch, it got me with the Evo Shandor stuff. I feel like, you know, they in that mine stuff, that it was just a little, there was a little too much there in the middle of the mine and the Evo Shandor and all that. And then I feel like, and if they would have done something with that a little bit, I feel like they could have worked in the stuff you're talking about with expanding the kids out a little bit. Yeah. All they, all they would have had to do is just push the time framing back a little bit. It, it, I think there's th- that rush to, to, to force a story. It never, you, 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 the story doesn't have a timeless feel when you start doing that. But when you can stretch out the story arc, because even watching the original Ghostbusters, it's kind of like small montages of them catching a ton of ghosts, and, you, and it kind of builds credibility to the characters being able to pull off some of the stuff they do because they got experience. But when yeah, you, but... you you remove the consolidated experience, you, like if the Ghostbusters just went from being Ghostbusters to taking down Goza in the first one within like a week, you'd be like, this is lame. Like, what? Yeah, they how would they even know how to use the packs or, you know, anything else about it? Yeah, that, yeah. that wouldn't have made any sense. Um. Anything else you want to add to it? I mean, that, that's pretty much my ideas on the movie before moving to trivia. I mean, it, it's I, I think I, it's good for what it is, but yeah. there was definitely room for improvement in the script. Yeah, I I, I like the movie. There was only like there's there, the only thing is the time duration. That's the only thing that that got me. It was like I wish they would have give it a little more breathing room to develop the characters. You don't got to do it as an individual. Just montage some stuff. What did the kids think of the movie? They liked it. They liked it. Okay. Yeah, but their kids are mouth breathers. <laughs> Our kids are particular about specific movies. Like, if you really ask them, that's why That's why I ask you, because even the Reverend knows there's been some movies like Benny referred to one movie as hot garbage. Uh, so yeah, That's true. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, and you got to remember this movie was intended kind of for the kid audience, but also for the people that kind of, you know, uh, kind of like a drawback to this film and everything uh, our age so it had to appeal to two different audiences oh the nostalgia from seeing the original ghostbusters that's one of the best parts of the movie for anybody watching the original i mean especially that scene where you know uh the ghost of harold ramus appears you know or you know of egon 
I mean, I, I, I enjoyed that part of the movie the most, but I, but the movie is heavy handed making you enjoy that if you're an older fan. Exactly. So. so it, it sounds like it appealed to two different genres, which is kind of hard to do sometimes. I know. Cause, um, cause even as a kid, I, 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 I was always stuck on the, the idea too, that it needs development. Like even when I was a kid and we used to see movies and they're like, if you played a sport, do you understand it takes a lot of effort and, and to get good at it? Not even playing a sport, anything. It takes time to get it there. And you realize that as a young kid pretty fast. So when we, I remember when we used to see movies when we were younger and it was always a time crunch duration, we would always kind of, kind of get the same idea too. Like, oh, that was a little, I don't know about that. Like anybody that gets amazing overnight, I never really bought it. I watched way too much Dragon Ball Z where all they do was train all the time. So I always had that mentality <laughs> as a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anything else you want to add before we move into the trivia on this one? And uh, not me. I ha- I haven't watched it. Oh, I'm not even. I shouldn't even be here right now. No, I I I <laughs> I, I, I like the story overall. I liked it. I thought they did a good job with it. It was just uh, that that was probably my only gripe. Other than that, the movie was a solid movie in my opinion. I, I agree with that, and also uh, I appreciate it more whenever I went and started like the trivia. They tied in a lot of weird, just random little things to the original movie that I had no idea about. So, are you guys gonna read it before you go into trivia? <clears throat> we can read it. Um, for me, it's like I, I I'm caught between a three point five and a three point seven five. It's somewhere in that range, you know. Um, it's it, it's a movie that I think will move up in rating, especially you know because uh, I I was way way happier with the beginning of it than i than i originally was when i watched it in the theaters upon a second viewing so i think this one will move up over time yeah i give it four protein uh proton packs <laughs> out of five <laughs> or protein packs protein let's just go with protein packs i think that's what we're at right now give, give it four uh, uh packs of those many uh stay puff marshmallow man there you uh, go yeah people so, trivia, the story of the estranged father-daughter relationship was partially based on Jason Reitman's own strained relationship with his father. So, he had a falling out with his father for years that was almost uh, not quite as bad, but almost as bad as the one between Ramus and uh, Bill Murray. Um, and, uh, you know, eventually he came back to respect his father's work, and, you know, this was his way of, you know, paying respects back to his dad, basically. Um, several elements from the rogue Ghostbusters make their way in the movie, such as the Ecto one gun seat. And then, you know, there's a bug out a ghost later in the film. So actually it was probably in this movie and not the one that I said, or not part two, but, um, but that Ecto one gun seat is pretty damn fucking cool. So yeah, I'll that's badass. That. Uh, practical effects were used for a lot of the film. Uh, Bob uh, Gunton portrayed Egon in the opening scenes and the digital recreation of a younger, thinner Harold, Harold Ramis was overlaid on the actor in the later part of the movie to portray Egon as a ghost. Uh, Jason Reitman appears in Ghostbusters 2, as I said, as the kid that says the Ghostbusters are full of crap. Um, several items in Egon's secret lab are nods to the original film, his collection of molds and spores, because that was his thing that he collected. That was the, the offhand joke he said. Uh, one of Venkman's machines that is wheeled out in the original film, this big red machine, as they're getting like kicked out of the uh, college, uh, that's actually in his base or in that uh, secret lab that uh, Egon has in this film. Um, according to the photo in his secret lab, Callie was two to three years old in 81, which means he was she was kept secret from the other Ghostbusters in the original films. So that's a weird bit of trivia. So maybe that was the reason he did not want to get with Janine despite her advances because he had a family already and he didn't want anybody to know about it. Oh. Which uh, you run into some continuity issues doing that. 
Because, yeah, yeah it, it would have been better. Uh, yeah, that gets, it gets a little weird there. It gets a little bit, but I mean, that, that's, they threw it in there for whatever reason. So, you know, they they worked it in. Uh, Reitman got the support of his father and that of Ramus's family before moving forward with the film and his depiction of Egon. So he actually did go to him and say, is it cool if I use, you know, Harold Ramis's likeness in this movie, which was nice of him to at least ask. Um, Murray and Ramus, you know, we already covered that, their estrangement. Um, Aykroyd was uh, actually crying during the scene where Egon's ghost reconciles with his daughter. That was, I mean, like the scene just got to him and the fact that he lost his best friend, you know, that he wrote with all those years ago. It just, it, it, he was really crying in that scene. Uh, Vince Clortho, uh, who possessed Tully in the first film, is the one in the trap at the beginning, and it is Zul who possessed Dana that attacks Egon. And you can tell because when Dana is attacked by Zul in the first movie, the hands come out of the chair, and they do the same thing in this one when they attack Egon. Uh, the scenes that Gruberson shows the kids when he is trying to educate them on the Ghostbusters is unused deleted scenes from the older movies. Uh, and then Paul Rudd turned down the reprisal of role Tommy Doyle in Halloween Kills, like I said, to play Mr. Gruberson in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, hmm. So to wrap up, the cultural impacts of the movie. These movies are obviously, you know, well-known, well-beloved, well-merchandised. I mean, you know, they've had, you know, music, you know, uh, video games, toys. I mean, they've had everything. Um they even reenact a, a scene from Ghostbusters in Zombieland, which is, you know, I, I love that scene where they're, you know, especially with uh, Woody Harrelson playing, you know, one of the, you know, one of the characters. Uh, I think he's playing Bankman in that scene. Um, and then there's actually groups of cosplayers that do charity work, similar to the Star Wars 501st uh, uh, Trooper group or whatever that go around, like, you know, uh, dressed up as Ghostbusters and, like, helping out, like, children's charities and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. What the hell? That's hella funny. I mean, the cute, <laughs> you know? Actually, I knew a guy I played Xbox with that did that. Uh, he had, like, a little uh, Honda uh, vehicle or whatever that he that he totally, like, decked out to look like a, a small Ectomobile, and that's, like, their whole thing. Like, they're so into these movies, they go ape shit over them. Oh, my God. Oh, fun fact. We actually have, I'll send you uh, the information, we have a Ghostbusters in Sacramento, California. Okay. Well, and and I don't that's necessarily cool. know what they do. I don't know if they go and do parties. They claim to be ghost hunters, you know, like ghost facers, but they have the, they have the Ghostbusters vehicle and everything. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, I mean, it's not the vehicle, but it's one very similar. Uh, Noah, did you ever have any of the toys from the cartoon? Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember uh, when we were young, we had a, we had a protein, a proton pack that we used to share. It's a protein my, pack. Whatever. We've established that already. <laughs> but me and my brothers, we, we, we had one of them growing up. So it was pretty um, cool. I remember having, or at least uh, if I didn't, I, I always wanted, I, I don't think I ever actually got it. I always wanted that uh, Ectomobile that was like, that, you know, was uh, you could actually, it was big enough to sit the figures in. Oh, yeah. At the time. Yeah, I think we might have um, had that. I know we had the firehouse. Oh, yeah, that thing was massive. They, that went for a lot of money, too. Like, they did, like, a uh, reissue of that a while back, and that thing went for ridiculous amounts of money with, uh, like, the older fans because it was, like, you know, it was a total recreation of the old Kenner toys or whatever, you know, or uh, 
whatever company made them. Yeah. The, well, the thing was awesome. It was set up so you can dump slime on the top, and then it oozes way through the whole the the, the that uh, firehouse. <laughs> I I do remember. I do remember the slime. I never got any of the cool toys. I always had to steal them from my cousin. He was always on welfare, but he always had the biggest and baddest fucking toys <laughs> for some reason. And like, so I stole one or two of the Ghostbuster characters with the Slimer. Um, but my biggest claim to fame was when I stole his Skeletor's castle, which has nothing to do with Ghostbusters, but that castle, you both know that was a fucking badass castle. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it we, totally was. We, we just happened to like one of us would, would get a toy, but it was for all of us to share. Yeah. So it was me my, like we get a toy, but it was under the intent. Like you guys all got to share this toy. Well, let's be honest. The younger and the older probably got toys. Noah was the middle child, so he didn't get toys. No, even then, my little, my little brother, we when we when we got like a toy for Christmas, like it was something that we all had to share. It wasn't like for this person; it was like for all of you. So we we didn't get a lot of presents, but when we did get presents, it was always like a present that we all could use. Which would suck sometimes because my older brother would keep it in his room because he had his own room, and then we didn't even get an option to use it. Yeah, he's a spoiled little brat. Yeah, I don't remember having many of the toys from this if I had any of them because all my uh, anything that I always asked for was always from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, and I did have like their little uh, uh, vehicle that they I had, had that, had, like, yeah, the plungers <laughs> on the front end that moved whenever the vehicle moved, and I think it slung pizzas out the side of it. Oh, it did! It slung little pizza discs. I remember that it was so fucking funny. I had a, and I had all of them, including uh, Splinter and April O'Neil, and her knockers were huge on that toy. That toy was the the one that most people didn't end up having because, like, you know, Space Fever guy, it's like, I'm not going to buy, you know, April O'Neil. And then, like, later when the collectors, you know, moved in, they're like, you know, that was the hardest one to get because nobody had ever bothered to purchase it or whatever. <laughs> she was thicker than a bowl of oatmeal and had big old knockers. So. Yeah, I always <laughs> thought she was hot when I was a kid. <laughs> well, and also, it was always uh, something I brought up to somebody uh, the other day that was the biggest uh, – amount of shit that was in the michael bay movies was the fact that you know you had megan fox playing the character she was like totally covered up the entire time which you know and then like you remember back to the old cartoon and it's like you know april that zipped down her like jumpsuit down to where she at least you know she, she showed quite a bit of her tits like, oh yeah you know, you know in the cartoon it's just like you've got megan fox it's like seriously you're gonna let her play april and not like have anything on display okay she doesn't really have <laughs> knockers though but they co- totally could have faked it and I yeah, she know. does they're fake knockers no she doesn't she doesn't have, have fake knockers she's got small knockers but you know you have stuff that can you know you can fake it till you make it so uh are you <laughs> sure she doesn't have an implant i'm pretty sure she doesn't have implants she, <laughs> if she does she has very tiny ones maybe she doesn't yeah, want to hang down <laughs> uh, yeah all right Anything um, else we want to cover about the movies or the toys or anything else associated with Ghostbusters? I mean, the franchise itself is pretty amazing. Yeah, there's been some uh, downs, <laughs> way more ups, thankfully, you know, that we don't have to worry about. But, I mean, I don't think there's anyone that's listening to this or that's going to listen to this that has not seen Ghostbusters in one form or, or another. And if you haven't, I don't know what you're doing, honestly. Um, but it's... I don't know. They've done amazingly well from beginning to where they're at now. I mean, they were able to revive. They almost got, they almost died in 2016, you know, and then they were able to revive it. So it shows that it definitely, there's, there's, there's something there with it. You know, it definitely has a following. Um, 
I mean, and you don't always want to keep seeing movies of these types of things, but I mean, first off, I need to watch Afterlife, but second, I wouldn't mind if there was more movies. I wouldn't mind if they did another video game. They're they're going to do more movies because uh, somebody complained to Jason Reitman saying, okay, uh, you used everything from the first movie. You're trying to say that the second movie's not canon. And he said, no, actually, the opposite of that. Uh, we have plans for Vigo. So, oh, okay. There you go. That's uh, kind of cool. <laughs> Uh, so they're going, they're going to bring back, you know, that, I don't know if the, the same character is going to play Vigo. I mean, I'm sure that he, he looks, uh, more, uh, I mean, no offense to him, but I'm sure that age has not been, uh, kind to him either, but I mean, that actually plays to Vigo's, uh, you know, whole character. Cause he's just yeah. a big, ugly dude. Well, so. I'm pretty sure after they dissed and dismissed him with the whole voice actor, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure he's not happy to return. Not after what well, they did to him. If they gave him the chance to voice his own character this time, uh, maybe that'll work. Because I think Max von Sydow's passed away now. Oh. So, yeah. you know, so they, maybe maybe he'll get a chance to voice Vigo himself this time. Yeah. Pretty cool. What do you think, babe? Anything you want to add about the f- whole franchise itself? I, I, get, I get worried about when they do that because cause a lot of them want to break the arc of what this made the made the movies originally good, and they do a shitty job of trying to put their own spin on you, and you can't like if you if you're gonna follow the arc of what's already been laid out, then you, the arc needs to be consistent. Do you think um, Afterlife did a pretty good job of kind of following it? I think I think they did a good job of bringing it back on track. Okay, yeah, I mean, so there's always that you know possibility of it being exactly what you said of kind of following it, you know, but they did kind of put a little bit of their spin on it, but they didn't take it too far off the track. But they, but they kept the arc consistent. Yeah. So. One thing that, that was at the end of the first or in the afterlife, you have to watch till after the credits. Cause they are doing the Marvel credits thing now. Oh, shit. Uh, there's a mid credit scene, which is pretty funny where Sigourney Weaver is shocking Bill Murray. Like he did to the college student in the first movie. Yes. Oh my God. It's yes. Pretty good. But then if you stay after the credits, there's a scene where, and it's it, it plays back to a deleted scene from the first movie where Janine gave um, Egon uh, like a lucky coin uh, before he went off to fight Gozer. And she and he said, do you sure you want to give this to me? I might not come back. And she's like, it's okay, I got two of them. <laughs> well, she's got that coin in her hand now, and she's spinning it around, and she goes and visits Winston. Winston is now super rich. Uh, he was a uh, he parlayed all of his money that he could from Ghostbusters into finances and became you know a very successful businessman, and he is and it shows him going back into the the original firehouse and he uh, uncovers the ectomobile and he talks about how it's finally time to get it back up and running again. So he hmm. is going to be the start of a new franchise. Okay, that'll be cool, and at least it's an original character, you know. Yeah, so um, so I think having Winston, you know, kind of head up like a franchisee type thing that they've hinted at for years where they have multiple Ghostbusters, you know, in, in different cities might be interesting. And it might, you know, it might allow Dan Aykroyd to come back and actually write, you know, something for another, like, say, Scotland or something like he wanted to do. <laughs> See, it's hard, though, because Dan Aykroyd's super woke nowadays. So I'm curious how much that's going to bleed into a story writing uh, there, guess, there's the chance there but i mean I, I don't know i mean it's he still is into the you know the 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 go supernatural you know like weird oh yeah stuff. he's really he's, he's into that been. the occult yeah he believes so, in everything I mean, let's just put it that way 
Yeah, so, I mean, I, I feel like that if he sticks to that, now he's, he's not going to have Ramus with him, so I, that's going to suck. I mean, you know, if he if he's the major writer on anything, but, I mean, it can't hurt to have him, like, do script doctoring on whatever they come out with. I mean, it just, I mean, as I could see him adding at least something worthwhile to the script, you yeah. know, if he does that. It got real quiet. It did. Anything else? <laughs> I mean, not in relation to Ghostbusters. I think I think it's time to wrap it up. I think we done did good. I, we've got four hours. Well, there's a there's some time frame I have to cut out. So we got about three yeah. and a half hours of material to work with. Um, I think we done good. I didn't. I thought this was going to be a lot longer considering everything we were we were covering. So. <laughs> Well, we could have sat there and nitpicked the movies, but there's no oh, point yeah. in it. They're just, they're, they're, they're fine. Well, except for the reboot, just ignore that. Piece <laughs> of shit, but, you know. Yeah, we're not encouraging that, but hey, do do what you need to do. Uh, yeah, he I, plugs blue collar BS. What's going on with that? He doesn't plug his own show. It's the same that I I yeah. mention on every show there every Friday night. Although the hubs did take uh, two weeks to go down south and become uh, Lexus. Uh, Lexus certified, so yeah, I got all my updated classes to give me the status. Yeah, what did uh, what did your co-host think about you missing those two weeks? Was he happy or was he like, Ugh. it's hard to tell with Mike. Mike's <laughs> like, it's hard to get him on sometimes. Like his old lady's hella drama. Cool. Well, that he had two weeks off with her, so uh, hopefully I think that he, worked out. Yeah, I think he kind of regretted it a little bit. Yeah, like, so Man, you married her, buddy. Well, anyway, so yeah, they're on every Friday night, uh, 8 p.m.-ish, if you want to catch them live. Um, Hot Mess Express is making a comeback, and that is always my fault because I overindulged myself in baseball this particular season, and I am not doing that again. So we will be back. We are planning a comeback uh, probably for my birthday is what we're planning, my big 40. So that will be coming around June 21st, so stay tuned for that. Um, really – not not much else, so. I just imagine you uh, promoting that by having a picture of, like, Steve Carell from the 40-year-old yeah. virgin saying, hoes, foes, show. Well, now <laughs> I need to do that, so we'll see what happens. Um, there was something. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I remember now. What are we reviewing for the next episode? Oh, uh, well... I mean, I've not really finalized it yet. It's either we're going to hit up the Asian ghost uh, scene or whatever, you know. Oh, cause, dude, uh, dude, uh, there's the the. You know what's awesome? My my favorite age part of the Asian scene when it comes to horror is uh horror. I think it's Shinjiku Itsi, or I forgot. I don't know how to pronounce his name correctly. He does he he does mostly. Like uh, manga, manga mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but he they they he's also does like a lot of small, quick um, five minute horror Japanese horror. It's hell good. Okay, dude. well we're talking like Juan the Grudge and I know, but it'd be awesome to Ringo, do Ringo the Ring. Yeah, yeah. But the the, the Japanese horror scene's hell good. Same with the uh, the South Korean horror scene. They're both really good. So it was between oh, that and what else? Sure. Uh, I was debating that, and then there's a couple of films that uh, are like basically the plot is like there's a there's a ghost child who's died, and somebody's trying to solve their murder, and that's the 1980 uh, classic, The Changeling, with George C. Scott, and also uh, Guillermo del Toro's oh, movie, yeah. um, The Devil's Backbone. Those are I feel like those would be a good like combination to cover. 
If you guys do the Japanese one, you guys get you guys got to do human horror. Do like the audition cuz there's a lot of human horror <laughs> well, on Well, no, the... we are we're doing human horror. We're doing yeah, a whole season, season yeah. of yeah. human horror. The audition yeah. is one of my favorite Japanese like human horror movies. It's well, we're talking good. about Japanese ghost stories. We're we're in the <laughs> ghost season right now. So, um There's a ton of that stuff out I there. I would like to I would like to pl- uh, place a vote and I would like to go with Japanese horror. Um, okay. And then while, hold on, The Grudge. You ever seen the movie uh, Zoo? It's a Japanese, uh, it's multiple movies rolled into one movies or small independent horror films, but they made it into like a movie montage. It's called Zoo. It's hella good, dude. I don't think I've seen that one. I, I, there is another one that I didn't know was Japanese movie before, you know, because I've seen the American version, but Dark Water is actually another yes. Japanese yeah. uh, uh, ghost movie technically yeah you would like zoo i just got in watching the the uh the prequel to train to busan oh god i it, love that movie it, did, did, did you watch the 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 prequel to it the prequels uh, no, no i'm sorry not the prequel i've seen the original i've heard the prequel's not as good the, so. no the prequel's an animation oh okay the, the sequel's the one that nobody yeah, the, likes yeah okay. the sequel isn't that good the prequel's hell good you'll like that the prequels okay. it's an animation it's awesome you like it and it it fills in all the stuff leading up to the to that actual to the train to Busan. Okay. Yeah, if you yeah, ever get a chance, that. yeah, that's one of my favorite recent uh, zombie movies. Is, I, I, is, I don't I don't I try to remember the name of it, uh, Panic at Soul or something like that. I forgot the name of it, but uh, if you just search for a prequel to to Train to Busan, it'll come up. It's an awesome um, animation movie. You'll like it, dude. It's hella good. Very a lot of suspense, a lot of tension in the movie. They did a good job of putting it together. They do it in the style of like anime or something. Or? Yeah, it almost looks like cell shading the way they did the movie. Oh, okay, I got you. But okay. but but it it worked good when they did the movie. It's you'll like it. It's hell good. Yeah, you get to see everything starting to unravel in the beginning on the fringes, and it just starts to trampoline and just goes out of control. And the the whole movie is it's not because there's no amazing like people in the movie. They're all like the people in the movie like no one's like a superhero superstar. So, like, it makes it really good because everybody's kind of just sucky. I like it when there's not any any standout, like, um, amazing heroes. So, well, everybody. That's, like, that's, uh, that's actually like Train to Busan because, that you know, the only character who's got any, halfway any athletic skills is the, you know, the big burly guy. Yeah, who's the got bigger the baseball dude. Bat. Yeah. Um, okay, so <clears throat> I cannot find a grudge porn parody. Um, I'm not saying that one doesn't exist. We can also have Donnie G look for his own, but there is definitely a ring porn parody. Oh, that would work. Just, I mean, one, if, as long as one of the episodes and then the other episode, I can do uh, an attack of the bees. So oh, we yeah. can just flip flop. them. Okay. Know. So we'll let him know. So are we doing Juan the grudge next? Cause was, uh, was... yeah, I feel like it's the lesser of the two movies. So yeah, let's do the, the grudge. Okay. And are we doing the Japanese and the American? Yeah, we can compare them in the same episode. Well, if you uh, want to, because the Hubs has seen both of them. I don't know if you've seen both of them. I believe I've seen both of them. I can't remember the Japanese one, though. I've watched everything in from Japan way prior to, to it hitting the American market. I usually like keep my pulse on the Japanese culture because like the, they do the, hella good jobs. The American version of The Grudge is not as bad as it could have been because, I mean, it's got Sarah Michelle Gellar in it. It was, yeah. it was okay for what it was, you know, so... Uh, that I saw that one. I don't know that I've saw the Japanese version, so I need to watch that. Yeah. Um, well, there's a the markets are distinctly different. America's market is more gore based, and the Japanese market's more tension based. So you get a different outcome of the movie. 
Well, and it's also the fact that the American market likes a happier ending where the Japanese yes. don't give a fuck. I mean, no, if, you, no. if everybody dies, everybody dies. Yes, you know? big time. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Beat the Kashi. I don't know if you've watched a lot of his movies. He was a guy that used to do uh, the, a wife my show used to love uh, with, where contestants would try to combat certain obstacles. And then, oh. <laughs> and then they dubbed it over with American voiceover, which didn't match what was going on. Oh, I remember seeing something similar to that. So, yeah, Beat the Kashi yeah. used to do the show, but he's a renowned actor, and he did a lot of uh, awesome movies, dude. Like, he's a hell of a good actor. A lot of a lot of corrupt cop roles he played. It's hell of a good. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like Ultimate. Oh, I forgot what it was. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I used to watch it in Japan. When I was in Japan, I would actually watch the Japanese version, but then they dubbed it in America, and I was like, this is fucking amazing yeah it's, and it's, clearly it's not what, what was the name of the news reporter something ladouche guy ladouche <laughs> the news reporter <laughs> yeah anytime well you, you have a lot of it with anime too there there was one anime that sucked in japan and then they sold it to um the american market and, and a small voiceover company redid it all and and they made it the most over-the-top racist like dialogue and it, it, i, I want to ghost something i forgot the name of it but it did horrible and then when they redid it in the american market and gave it the most over-the-top dialogue it did hella good it's it's almost funny to watch it but it, it it's still pretty horrific <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of i mean good japanese horror that's the reason i figured we give it its due i mean especially in ghost season because i mean that's the one that most american audiences would know if nothing else i mean you mentioned audition to people they're like you know unless they're you know horror fans you know they're like what what the fuck are you talking and then yeah. but you mentioned like the grudge or the ring it's like oh god i can't stand those movies you know yeah, the like, auditions they scare the shit yeah. out of me there's just so many really good japanese movies that 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 worked their way into our market, but the Japanese one's always the best. The originals, like Old Boy, the Japanese one was oh, awesome. Oh yes, yeah. The, uh, didn't um, Thanos Josh Brolin do the American version of that? Yeah, I, I I thought he did a pretty good job of getting what they wanted to get out of the character. But yeah, let let's do that next, and then we can do the uh, murder mystery ghost movies after that. Sounds like a plan, ski. And I guess with that, peace be with you. And with your spirit.